What is up, everyone? We are back with another edition of the Steeler Nation podcast, episode 10. I am your host, Tyler Candelaria, and this is Steeler Nation podcast presented by SteelerNation.com. And today we'll be joined by one of our writers and contributors for our site, Chris Mueller. He'll come on, we'll break down what the preview will be for the Steelers Viking game this Sunday. And a lot of things happening, especially today with the injury report that just came out. Big news. I mean, I don't expect him to play this, but the fact that Stefan Tuitt is questionable for this week brings a lot of hope to me and it should to a lot of you Steeler fans. Is This was almost a season-ending injury we had almost thought after the Schefter tweets, the Ian Rappaport tweets, Tuitt would have been out for the season. And it happened just the day after he signed that $61 million extension. But the fact that he is questionable is big news. I don't expect him to play, but this could definitely be hope to see him in the next two to three weeks, which would be good to have him for the rest of the season. But anyway, I expect the Steelers to come out firing on all cylinders this Sunday, I would say. Didn't really go the way that I – well, it started the way that I expected, not with a block kick, but it started the way 7 nothing right off the bat from Pittsburgh that I thought it would kind of start it. I thought it was really – my prediction of the game was a 38-13 to victory. I thought that would be the case, but we know things are always different when we play against Cleveland. Always tough, especially in the inside the AFC North, especially at Cleveland. So we see us won that game 21-18 to this week. My prediction for the score this week, I predict the Steelers 27, and I'll predict the Vikings 17. I'll give the Steelers a 27-17 win. I expect them to go to 2-0. and I think things are different as we head to Heinz Field. The Steelers are a whole different team at Heinz Field, especially in the home opener. As in the home openers, they in the past 16 years, the time Heinz Field has been open since 2001, the Steelers are 14-2. and two. That's the second best record along among NFL teams behind Denver Broncos, who I believe are 16-1. and one. But the only loss, Tomlin's 9-1 and one in those games, and the only losses came in 2002 against Oakland and in 2013 against the Tennessee Titans. So I think the Steelers are a whole different team at home. That's why I think they're going to win this one 27-17. We'll get more into the keys for the Steelers to win this game when Chris does jump on the line. He should be joining us in about a couple minutes. He actually just joined. Sorry, we did explain our couple podcasts ago that Chris did just join as one of our three contributors. He puts a lot of our pregame stuff out each week. So we look forward, you guys hopefully can look forward to Chris every week, usually Fridays. He'll be putting out a little post. But with the rest of the Steelers injury report, Gerald Hawkins, offensive tackle, he's out for a second straight week. And on the questionable list, J.J. Wilcox, who was in the concussion protocol. So he is questionable. Vance McDonald with the back, he's questionable. He actually just appeared in the injury report yesterday, I believe. So he's questionable with the back, and Stephon Tewitt with the biceps is questionable. So that means Bud Dupree most likely to play. Didn't appear on this injury list for this week. So Bud Dupree, who missed the first week, Anthony Ciccolo had a big game in his absence. We could, I, I, I think we'll see a lot of Ciccolo, even if Dupree plays, just because Dupree's just coming back from injury. Dupree will start, obviously but I think we still see a lot of Chickalow, especially after his performance in week one. 
But so that's good news. Bud Dupree, most likely to play. He said he's very optimistic of play. Reported from Jacob Klinger, he said that Bud Dupree will play Sunday. So a lot of signs point to Dupree getting the start against the Vikings. And also, who just appeared on the injury report list a couple of days ago was Sean Davis. He had an ankle injury, which if he didn't play, could have meant that we'd have to probably bring Hagan. He's our only safety on the practice, but I'd probably have to bring him up. Because Wilcox, I don't expect Wilcox to play. You never know. But the concussion protocol is kind of a long process, so I don't expect Wilcox to play. But I still, and obviously now Sean Davis will play. We would have had to bring up Jacob Hagen. So that's good news for the Steelers. So Davis and Dupree to play, most likely, unless something last minute changes. But that's the last, that's the latest injury report for the Steelers. And right now, on the line, I have Chris Mueller joining us today. Hey, how are you doing today, Chris? I am doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, no problem, man. So, anyway, man, we were just talking about before we brought you on the injury report for the Steelers that just recently came out. So it looks like mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of good signs for Steelers fans to even see that Stephon Tuitt is questionable. I don't expect him to play, but that's a very good sign as they were fearing a season-ending injury just to see him on the questionable list the week after. Right, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, the Steelers, traditionally, they're always a little more cautious, especially uh, with a player of, of that magnitude. But it is good to see, you know, him maybe working back into practice um, because I'm sure, as you know, uh, if, if the Steelers' defensive line were to lose to it for the entire year, that's a big hole to fill. Um, right. So, I mean, they did lose Cam Hayward at times last season, but the fact that he is looking like he's going to make a return, uh, it, it's huge. Oh, definitely, for sure. And, I, I mean, it, it's even – I obviously, we don't expect him to play this week. But I, I could see it'd be nice – like, if, just to have – if it's two to three weeks or anything like that, that that's a good timetable, I believe, for two. It. Yeah, and I, I mean, you got to think about it. It's still early. It's week two. This is a, a long season. Um, if the Steelers can get by, you know, maybe maybe three, four weeks, even six weeks uh, with Tyson Aluwalu and some of the other uh, pieces they have, in in you know in their depth, um, that's that's really where where it matters because you want to it to be at his best when this the you know uh, the season's more on the line and possibly a playoff spot is on the line. I mean we saw last season the Steelers got by without Bud Dupree for an extended period of time. Um, you know when he started the year on injured reserve. Uh, so yeah, I mean I think it, it just matters more when, you know, we get into October, November, December, and the games really start determining the outcome uh, of their season. Right, especially bringing him back too soon because we don't want to re-injure it. But having him makes us one of the – has makes the Steelers one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL. But the rest of the list is Gerald Hawkins out for a second straight week. J.J. Wilcox with a concussion, and Vance McDonald. I don't expect Wilcox to play because the, the concussion protocol sometimes takes long. What do, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, probably not. Uh, I think, you know, they want to be safe with concussions. You never want to rush someone back, especially when he's not a starter. Uh, and it's not, you know, he he, pro- he will play some special teams. He's a good, you know, he's a backup if one of the safeties were, were to, you know, go down. But the fact that he... Yeah, I wouldn't expect him to play. Same thing, Gerald Hawkins, even if he does dress, will the Steelers really need him? You know, barring injury, no. Um, so you always want to be safe, you know, with that kind of situation. 
Right, and some good news as well is Sean Davis, who recently was on the Steelers' injury report a couple days back. He is off it today, which is good, so he will play. And same with Bud Dupree, so it's good to see a guy like Dupree make his debut this year. Yeah, and especially after what we saw last week and how effective the Steelers' pass rush is or was without him. And, I mean, Anthony Ciccolo played very well in Dupree's place, and now that you add you know, a player of Dupree's caliber to an already um, what, we, what looks like a – um, surging pass rush unit. I mean, it'll be definitely interesting to see this week. You know how it, how he really aids in their um, presence, his presence. Right, and because Bud Dupree was injured, was banged up a little bit during the preseason, and obviously didn't play week one. Do you, do you expect we see a lot of Anthony Chicolo this week? As we think he did perform very well last week. Uh no. I mean, I think it depends on really Bud Dupree's status. You know how healthy he actually is. Um, but he is the starter. Um, he was, you know, for for good reason. Now, although Anthony Chicolo played well, if you got Bud Dupree in there completely healthy, you're going to use him. Um, not not to say Anthony won't get some reps, but I just don't see uh, him, you know, playing as much, obviously, as much as he did last week or um, really, you know, taking it in. But we don't know. They might try to incorporate Bud a little bit slowly just to be safe. Um but if it were, if I were to bet on it, I think we'd see a lot of bugs this week. Do you think we see any James Harrison this week? We didn't. We, I think we only saw him for maybe a series last week. I mean, obviously TJ Watt really impressed. Do you think we see much of James Harrison? No. Um, I mean, how are you going to take TJ Watt off the field after what he did last week? You know, uh, Joey Porter right. was kind of. You know, specific in his comments in training camp that James Harrison is going to be more of like a relief pitcher role this year, where down the line, you know, week 10, um, when they may need a lift or, you know, a surge, uh, James Harrison can step in and do that. Um, maybe third quarter, fourth quarter, if T.J. Water Bud is Bud is tired, maybe. Um, but it's not, you know, it, it like he's, he's 39, I believe. So, you know, really – this early in the season, with especially how T.J. Watt played, uh, they're not going to take him off the field, you know. Right. So, and now getting more into the Vikings matchup this weekend. The Vikings did look pretty good against the Saints last weekend. Sam Bradford actually really impressed me. He's always had that good <laughs> accuracy. And so he really impressed me, though, with the three touchdowns, 346 yards, I believe. But he does have a knee injury that really held him out of practice this week. So, I I'm really expecting I don't know what I'm going to see out of that. Yeah, I mean, hey, I didn't know that Sam Bradford that was playing week one. That's not the one I've seen over (laughs) the last couple years. And especially I covered him uh, when I was in Philadelphia, you know, doing an internship a few years ago. So, I mean, I did have some familiarity with him. He looked really good. And I think it might be a product, really, of he's he's finally in the same offensive system. Like, you know, he's, he's been a journeyman throughout his career. Even when he was uh, in Philadelphia, you know, he started and he had to completely learn a whole new offense in Chip Kelly. And then Chip Kelly gets fired. And then he has to learn a completely new one. Well, before he got traded. Um, And so I think now he's really benefiting from just being comfortable. I know Pat Shermer's there who was with him in Philadelphia. And I mean, also, he's healthy. I mean, I mean, I don't know the extent of this knee, these knee problems, but um, 
yeah, he's always battled injuries throughout his career. It's going to be very important for the Steelers to, to rush him because um, he's not very mobile. And he's, you know, in the past, when Bradford's under pressure and when he's really doesn't have time to sit in the pocket and, and kind of go through his reads to his second and third reads is when he really he, he struggles. So I think if the Steelers' pass rush can improve or, you know, expand upon what they did last week, um, I don't. I don't think Sam's going to be passing for 346. And like you said, I mean he's been healthy a little bit. He, I actually remember watching him in college. He was he was great in college. He was very good. So that was a little bit kind yeah. of show what he did there. Mm-hmm. But um, with, with the with the Vikings, they have some good guys on the outside on the slot. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and tight end Kyle Rudolph. The Steelers secondary. They, obviously, the Browns didn't really put much into that passing game, but they, they did struggle a little bit in the preseason, and, and Hayden did get beat a couple times last game, so the Browns really couldn't convert that. But what do you think the Steelers' secondary has to do to stop those weapons? I mean, hey, there are going to be some bumps in the road as they kind of transition to more man coverage. Uh, I just think they have to play sound. They have to you know, be know when to take their chances if Sam Bradford is under duress. Um, I think, you know, Hayden, as he gets, obviously he said when he first came to, to Pittsburgh that he was familiar with the defense from playing under Ray Horton in Cleveland and a similar uh, scheme. But I think he just needs to maybe get more comfortable with the safeties behind him and kind of the uh, communication that goes on in the secondary. And, I, I, I mean, none of these, as he touched on, Stefan Diggs, he's a good target. He did play very well in week one. None of these guys, like, they they don't scare me a whole lot. Um, so, I think also the Steelers are going to be playing a little, like, lax because you're not lax, but uh, not giving up things over the top because, as you know about Sam, he's, he's, he likes his checkdowns. Um, so, I think they're mm-hmm. going to force him into a lot, a lot of those and kind of manage the yards, not try to give up anything, bend but not break, and that's how you can kind of get him off the field. Yeah, like you said with the checkdown, it's kind of funny because uh, oh, him, yeah, him and Alex Smith always had those checkdowns, <laughs> but they really changed it up in the first week, honestly. I know. That's what I'm saying, man. I didn't, I didn't know who that Sam Bradford was. Throwing. I think last year he had maybe like 10, 10 pass completions of 15 yards or more or something. Like Now, granted, he was with a new team that's and insane. traded in the preseason, yeah. but something like that. And it's just, I mean, that's the Sam Bradford I knew in Philadelphia. Uh, kind of, you know, the check down. So, you know, that's where, where you know, maybe a, a Will Gay or even a Mike Hilton can capitalize jumping around in the flat and taking one home for a pick six. Even Joe Hayden already burns anyone. But that's really kind of if Sam gets under pressure, throw, makes a bad choice, bad decision, you can capitalize on, on the short to intermediate routes. Yeah, and you got into – with Will Gay and Mike Hill and Mike Hill and I, I really like him. He really, he, he impressed me a lot in the preseason and he, he played pretty quickly decent in the first game, but Will Gay, when he came in, he also stepped up as well. Do you, do you think we still see kind of a rotation with them or kind of Will Gay played more towards the end, but what, what do you think we see with them? Yeah. I mean, I don't think just because Will Gay is a veteran, you know, he's been here forever. He's a leader. He's one of the leaders of this defense. I don't think you're going to completely see him shut out, quite yet um so i'd see more of a rotation uh especially you know late in, later in the game uh will gay has a lot more experience that pays well mike hilton this is really his first time ever 
um, weather and you know, and uh, weather in the storm, you know, trans transitioning right. to the NFL. And, and I'll be the first to admit, I covered the Steelers through OTAs and mini camp, rookie mini camp, regular mini camp. Back then, when they're in shorts and helmets, if you were to tell me Mike Hilton would have made the 53-man roster, I probably would have laughed. You know, yeah. just because he, you know, I, honestly, and I, obviously, I know what he did at training camp and training camp, darling. But um, it's just it's a remarkable story, you know, how he kind of came in under the radar and ended up making this team. What a real humble guy. It's good to see a guy like him on the roster. Oh, but now, get, get, yeah, getting away from the R, the defensive side, and getting more into the offensive side, what do you think the keys are for the offensive step up against this good Minnesota Vikings team? Uh, I mean, I think I think a lot of people are a little more worried than they should be after last week. Um, granted, it was the Browns. I think Greg Williams coming in there was a great move, and that's kind of what we've seen or what we saw last week. You know, I think the Browns' defense is a little better than people give them credit for. They got a young, solid defensive line. So, that being said, don't don't hit the panic button yet. I mean, I think the Steelers just have to be balanced. They have to establish the run early with Le'Veon, hopefully uh, a week into, you know, well, now two weeks into him returning, he'll be a little bit more comfortable. He only got 10 carries uh, around there the ball, against man. the Browns. <laughs> yeah, I, and it's just it's interesting to see if maybe that was Mike Tomlin kind of sending him a message for not showing up to training camp. Um, they won't ever say that publicly, but I mean, that's maybe that might have been it. I mean, also it's week one; you're not going to jeopardize, you know. You want to work him in slow. Um, so I think establishing the run early is going to open things up. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Antonio Brown, he was one of the lone bright spots uh, last week. I think him; he's really benefiting from have, having Martavis on the other side, um, where he can't see that double and triple coverage on every play that he did last year. Like, last year, teams – I remember the the, my, the first Miami game, they were triple covering him. And he was – because they had no other – Steelers had no other targets on the other side. Um, so, I think, you know, just utilizing that, establishing the run, and, and they should be all right uh, now in a full uh, game into the season. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, honestly, I, I think at this point, Cleveland might even be better than Cincinnati. Cincinnati looks awful. Oh, oh, I know, man. That was a terrible <laughs> game. A, a, uh, from besides from Deshaun Watson's run, that he looked like Mike Vick out yeah. there. That was just like it was brutal. It was like brutal to watch. And Cincinnati hasn't no, scored yeah. um, an offensive touchdown, touchdown yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I mean, I was just talking to someone about this. This is this is it for Marvin Lewis. You know, this is. I, I mean, I think if this if the Bengals do not well one improve upon this to make a make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs, he's done. Like, he's out of Cincy. Just, they looked awful. And, uh, oh, for sure. It's not like they don't have, it's not like they don't have the pieces on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, A.J. Green, um, they just, you know, they, their running backs are shirt up. A.J. Dalton, uh, Joe Mixon, who had a pretty critical fumble, I believe, last night. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Browns, Browns are young, and they even may, I think in a couple of years from now, some of these guys that they have that they've drafted, especially investing on the defensive side of the ball with their uh, defensive line, the Browns are going to are on the rise. Bengals, I think, are going downhill. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then I feel like every single time the Bengals play against the Texans, they're the most boring. Texans always win, always in the playoffs, they always win. <laughs> 
They won last year. They're always low scoring and they're very boring all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, hey, I think that's any Thursday night football game, you know. That's oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, with the offense as well, I I, I think I, I we got to see the Steelers give Le'Veon. I, I want to see twenty five touches, man. Twenty to twenty five touches. <laughs> Yeah, and that can come in a variety of ways. It doesn't have to be hand in hand in the yeah, ball. Yeah, doesn't be running. Split him yeah. out, split him out wide. Put him in the slot. Uh, motion him out of the backfield into you know a receiving receiving target. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Now you know it might not be twenty five yet, um, but I think um, that's going to be critical. Vance McDonald's looking like he won't play. So James Jesse James, you know, it was interesting to hear Ben Roethlisberger say. Maybe no one took that harder, the Vance McDonald acquisition, than Jesse James. And we kind of saw it last mm-hmm. week. He played very well. So can he improve upon that? I think that's something to watch. And, yeah, so those are the, the two the two things. I want to see Mark Davis play it up, too, you know? Like, oh, that's, yeah. That's what I was just going to get into as first, well. His first regular right. season game uh, at Heinz Field and, you know, in front of the home crowd, um, he looks, you know, we've seen the the physical condition, the improved, you know, what he looks like now as opposed to when he was first suspended. And it's like, all right, I'm ready to see you know, how high his ceiling really is. Yeah, and just what I was going to ask you as well, I was actually going to get into Mark Davis, is do you think, like, do you, I, I expect or I, I would like to see maybe the Steelers early in the game, try, try to even even with the coverage there, even just try to go to him once or twice deep down the field, like rather than all those checker, those screen passes they started last game. Yeah, that opens up the field. You're right. Um, completely. I mean, that leaves – if defensive secondaries have to attest for that kind of uh, deep threat, then it opens up for A.B. across the middle, opens it up for Le'Veon, opens up the screen game because they'll be, you know, they'll be in coverage where they're sitting back, and that's really where you capitalize on that. So, you know, I'd, I'd be in agree, agree with you on that, that, you know, testing them deep, whether it be, uh, you know, uh, Martavis, even A.B., just getting that defense to back off because it's a very physical defense, it is. And they have some guys in the secondary that can come up and hit and tackle. So that that would be – that would help. And even Eli Rogers, too, you know, someone who we didn't see a lot from mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, and like you said, I, I'd, I'd like to see Martavis have a big game, and I think that just, just try to start something early. Try to He, he likes all those 80-yard touchdowns we used to see from him. So I'd like to see something early, maybe light it up to start the game. <laughs> yeah, hey, no, that would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think Steeler, Steeler yeah. Nation would like that as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, I mean, before we kind of just like let you go and we end figure this out, uh, what I'm gonna give you mine. I want to know yours. What do you think about this week? You think we get? You think the Steelers get the win? And what do you think? What's your prediction for the game score wise? Yeah, I think they do. I think um, you know, Heinz uh, Field is definitely gonna be a factor in kind of uh, what Minnesota can do. Um, just because you know they're a dome team and they're coming here, it's gonna be crazy. It's the reg- It's the home opener. Um, I, I'd put it, probably put it at a score. I'm not ready to say the Steelers are going to hit 30 just because of how the offense kind of struggled last week. So I'd say something around mm-hmm. like 24-17. I, I think the Vikings can – will score a little bit on, on the Steelers. I really like Dalvin Cook. Um, I think he's a, he's a stud and he's going to be very good. So the Steelers are going to have to attest to that. And then the passing game. So I'd put it, you know, 
I think they win. Um, I think it'll it'll be around you know twenty four twenty four seventeen. Yeah, mine's really close to that as well. I was thinking like twenty seven seventeen. I think that the Steelers. I I think they're the little kind of light it up, I think, early in this game, being at home. They might slow mm-hmm. it down later in the game, but I think that that is yeah. definitely – they're definitely – I think they're going to start it up hot, especially being at Heinz Field and that stats, they're 14-2 and two at Heinz and home openers and Tomlin wow. 9-1. and one. And we know we know Ben Roethlisberger last season was such a different quarterback at home than on the road, so I definitely see the uh, Steelers pulling yeah. this one out. Good point. Yep, completely a difference. And night and day, definitely. But, again, Chris, thank you again for taking your time with us today to discuss this matchup, and we look forward to having you on the show soon. Yeah, no doubt, man, Anytime. All right, have a good one, Chris. That was Chris Mueller, contributor for us at SteelerNation.com, joining us today to discuss the preview of the Steelers-Vikings matchup. So before we kind of wrap up the show, we're just going to let you know that today I will be at, not sure if Justin will be, but I today will be at the Steelers pep rally side right by Heinz Field and by Jerome Bettis Grill. It will be the Steelers pep rally from 4 to 6, so hopefully you guys can go check that out right on the north side. We'll be there, and we'll be having a good time. Like to, We'll look forward to maybe meeting some of you guys. And, of course, on tomorrow, if you guys are going, the, ticket, the last tickets had to be purchased yesterday. So if you guys are going, let me know on Twitter. We'll be there. Me and Justin will both be there at the Total Sports Enterprises at the Mall at Robinson. From the times vary from one to three from when the players are there. So it includes Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, Sean Davis, Mike Hilton, and Brian Allen. So they'll all be there signing. So hope to see all you guys there. Get your autographs from them, and just hope to have a good time there. And also, lastly, Justin and I will be both be present at. Heinz Field on Sunday will be at the game. So we will definitely for sure get live updates to you. We'll figure that out. I'll let you guys know on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook to let you guys know how we will get those to you. And we definitely will. So again, you've been listening to the Steeler Nation podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Steeler Nation. And you can follow us on Instagram at SteelerNation.com. Find us on Facebook, Steeler Nation. So you've been listening to the Steeler Nation podcast. Brought to you by SteelerNation.com. I'm your host, Tyler Candelaria. Have a good one, everyone. Murder on the beach, so it's not nice. What is life I cannot change? And it is. Keep off in the main. Eminem. Be like Andy Kane Drop the top Pop it, let it bang For this life I cannot change